This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special five-part podcast series on the fight to secure supply chains through cross-industry innovation. This podcast series is sponsored by Exeter. In this series, we will explore the ongoing efforts of Exeter to lead the discussion and enhancement of supply chain risk management. First, word about Exeger's Supply Chain Explorer. Today, risk management professionals and procurement professionals are swamped. A new artificial intelligence risk detection tool is helping Fortune 500 companies and government agencies surface, understand, and mitigate critical threats to their third-party and supplier networks literally within hours. Introducing Supply Chain Explorer, a groundbreaking AI platform developed by Exeger, a leading global risk and compliance SaaS company. Exeger Supply Chain Explorer is a next-generation platform built on award-winning AI that delivers instantaneous transparency, allowing you to meet the urgent imperative to protect global supply chains from sanctions, ESG, and cyber risk at unprecedented speed and scale. With single-click supply chain detection, high-level due diligence, and risk analysis, everyone can now join the fight to secure our global supply chains. For the first time, you can even spot potential disruptions before they impact your supply chain. Check out Exeger's Supply Chain Explorer. In this episode two, I'm joined by Nick Wildgoose and Kim Lee to take a look at supply chain issues in the manufacturing and consumer market sectors. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. Today, I have with me Nick Wildgoose and Kim Lee. And uh, before we get started, first of all, uh, welcome to both of you, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. I was wondering if we could, uh, if you could tell us uh, what your current roles are, and Kim, could we start with you? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Tom, for having me. Uh, I'm uh, from Exeger, um, Associate Managing Director here based out of the uh, Sydney office. Hi, Tom. Yeah, nice to be with you today. Um, yep. I have the title of consultant within Exeger and my specialist area is supply chain risk. And today we're going to visit about manufacturing and consumer issues. So I wanted to start with uh, maybe Kim with you. What are some of the key challenges you see in supply chain risk management in the manufacturing and consumer sectors? Thanks, Tom. Um, so as a sector, I think manufacturing consumer sector is quite diverse. We're really talking about a broad range of items, right from sort of electronics, automotives, clothing uh, and food, which are all really quite vastly different. Um, but a common denominator across all of them is the acute need to be cost efficient. Um, whilst I think cost efficiency is relevant to all supply chain, it is absolutely critical to manufacturing consumer sectors. Uh, any marginal savings or cost excess can really make the, the difference between a profit or a loss. I think with this imperative for cost efficiency, um, it's now sort of become, uh, it's been you know, very well entrenched uh, practices uh, across manufacturing consumer sectors, you know, just in time manufacturing where they're holding limited safety stock. Uh, we have centralized single distribution centers where everything is dispatched from a centralized hub. Um, and concentration of countries for sourcing or manufacturing as you know those countries are seen to be uh, able to provide the best price or the quickest turnaround. 
Um, I think in the last few years, what we have seen in the manufacturing and consumer sector supply chain um, is that it's been challenged like never before. Um, in particular, you know, these well-accepted practices have really been put to, to test. Uh, I want to talk to sort of two factors, both from a macroeconomic perspective and two from a, a more of an other factors which are not new but is you know, increasingly challenging. Uh, in terms of a macroeconomic uh, factors perspective, COVID restrictions um, have really disrupted every part of our supply chain. Um, this includes sort of air freight, ocean freight, land freight, uh, all disrupted, resulting in shortage of um, supply. Um, and then we've also seen as a result of COVID uh, factory shutdowns and labour shortages, which again has impacted supply. Um, these factors have really struck at the heart of, you know, just-in-time manufacturing, where the flow of goods and supplies are no longer uh, reliable. The other sort of macroeconomic factor is really geopolitical. Um, we're talking here, you know, we're seeing currently the Ukraine-Russia crisis. We've got the China-US trade wars, which have been going for a, a little while. And in Australia, where I uh, currently live, uh, we've seen sort of growing tensions with Australia and China which has disrupted and resulted in shortages of supply chain to different degrees. Um, and this, again, is sort of striking at the heart of then that very entrenched policy of, you know, centralising distribution uh, practices uh, or the fact that, you know, we're sort of gravitating to certain countries for sourcing or manufacturing. Um, on top of these sort of very sort of substantive macroeconomic issues, we've witnessed other factors. Uh, which is uh, definitely, again, increasing challenges for manufacturing consumer sectors. Two factors which I really want to concentrate on um, is the increasing regulatory pressures. Um, you know, in the UK and Australia, we've had modern slavery act statements, uh, which has really put onus on corporations to share what they, how they're managing their modern slavery within their organisations and, and their, their supply chains. In the US, um, in December, uh, a bill was passed barring products made with forced labour, you know, whilst you know, this has always been um, banned in terms of importing goods uh, with slave or, or forced labour, um, the bill has really just, you know, really changed the burden to corporations uh, to really prove that their factories are, are free of uh, slavery and coercion. Uh, and very, very recently, Germany itself has adopted the Supply Chain Due Diligence Act, um, which you know, will set binding standards for large corporations and their value chains to identify, assess, prevent uh, and remedy human rights. So these are all, you know, really big legislations and we're seeing more and more coming through, putting increasing onuses uh, and regulatory pressures on organisations to really make sure their supply chain is clean and, and free of, um, of, of forced labour. The other factor we're seeing is the increasing consumer expectations. Um, so now, more than ever, consumers are much more informed. They're able to very readily understand um, the, 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 the supply chains of, uh, of organisations. Um, and I think they're now expecting more. So in the March 2022 EY Future Consumer Index, um, has highlighted that consumers are choosing to make sustainable purchases, doing what they can to preserve the environment, with 56% saying that they will pay more attention to environmental impacts of their purchases, and 52% committing to more attention to social impacts. So I think all of these factors, both the macroeconomic and the two factors I mentioned around regulatory pressures and the, the um, sustainable and consumer expectations, is really challenging the status quo and putting um, a lot of uh, onus around supply chain risk and making sure that organisations are managing those risks 
which really I think is a, a really exciting time um, to be a supply chain risk practitioner, uh, but at the same time it can be overwhelming. Nick, if, uh, if perhaps I could uh, set up the question for you in the following manner. Uh, Kim's laid out for us uh, some operational risk, regulatory risks, and now uh, consumer, perhaps social pressure risks. If I could overlay that for you with uh, the impacts of COVID and recent geopolitical events, how have you seen manufacturing consumer sectors cope with this, these increased pressures and indeed even increasing risks? Yeah, thank you, Tom, for that. Yeah, um, well, the, the good news, I suppose, is they have managed to keep a lot of the supply chains going despite these challenges. I'd call them like the supply chain heroes that they're actually keeping these supply chains moving along. But it has been at significant costs. And we're aware that in a number of cases, there have been shortages and still are shortages, such as around semiconductors, still causes problem for many industries. And I think when I talk about that significant cost, it's worth talking about the Deloitte's um, supply chain research in 2021, looking at third-party risk. And to put that cost into context, 20% of their respondents indicated they'd suffered over $500 million of impact in 2021. So over $500 million of impact in that year. So, as I say, it's significant costs, and that really bears out as well, Tom, how um, COVID and these geopolitical events are impacting on supply chains. And um, in that respect, just picking out another survey, McKinsey in 2020 said that on average um, across industry sectors, including manufacturing and consumer, that they thought over a 10-year period based on the existing risk back in 2020, and I believe the risk picture is getting worse, that there would be an impact in that 10-year period of around 45% of one year's EBITDA, which you and I know is a considerable sum of impact on the, sub, on the cost of business performance. And I think the other observation I'd say where companies have really struggled um, from a COVID point of view and it really continues a trend by the way and that's in their understanding of multi-tier supply chains and the impact that that can have on them. So I've been um, involved with research in that area since 2010 with the Business Continuity Institute and around 40% uh, we discovered of disruptions and it's been pretty steady at that figure over these last 12 years now come from below the tier one suppliers and out of COVID in talking to lots of corporates that's where they still face the challenge is looking at below the tier one and, and just to pick out one specific incident of how much of an impact this can have if I just illustrate it it's an event that goes back to 2012 we've seen similar in incidents in in COVID of course but this was where there was an explosion at a chemical plant of a company called Evonik, just one part of the plant in Marlin, Germany. And it, was, it caused a shortage of a resin. And this resin, it's uh, PA12, is actually used in brake manufacture. And the automotive sector realized that that was around about 25% of the world's capacity. So they had to quickly, um, obviously, re-source other 
sources of material, make use of inventory and so on, again a significant cost. And again just showing how connected and dependent these supply chains are, even on just one part of a location around the, the global network. So multi-tier understanding is critical. And I think the, the other things that have come out of COVID is how do you segment your suppliers, building on what Kim said earlier in terms of ESG and so on. And just picking out a COVID example here, uh, there's not many procurement teams, and I used to head them up, that um, thought about protective equipment as being a strategic commodity prior to COVID. So you would give it typically to your junior buyer to source at the most, this is before COVID, at the lowest cost. Suddenly COVID comes along and you can't operate your manufacturing lines or your, read, you know, your consumer uh, sector stores without PPE and suddenly it's become strategic. So you need to also reassess your risk management aspects. And I think the other thing that companies have realized and it comes out of our stacks report study as well is that they do need technology and data to look at this better to bring together the silos across the organization and link up better their their approaches so tom hopefully that's kind of answered your question there so kim we've laid out several um problems or issues in the manufacturing and consumer sector around supply chain risk uh how do you see those sectors uh working to improve their approach around risk management? Thanks, Sam. That's a great question. Um, I think there's two, two, two facets to how I want to approach that question. Um, first relates uh, a lot to, you know, it's a really good time now for organisations to revisit their supply chain risk management framework uh, and ensure that it is fit for purpose, well communicated and understood. Um, so in in the, in the current uh, environment, we're expecting continued disruptions, you know, whether it is the continuing after effects of COVID, the unstable geopolitical environment, the increasing sort of expectations on consumers, the increasing uh, regulatory expectations. We're expecting all of those to continue to, to, to be challenging factors for manufacturing consumer sectors. Um, Nick talked to the importance of understanding multi-tiers of your organisations, uh, of your supply chain apologies. Um, you know, so the question is, you know, does your organisation understand that? Do they, have a, do they have a formal framework on, you know, how far down the supply chain um, they're going to look into? What are the risks that, that are most important to them from a supply chain perspective? Um, like any other risk areas, a fundamental requirement for an organisation um, is to have a clear framework which sets out what the organisation is seeking to achieve. Um, this includes, you know, what is the company's risk appetite? You know, are there certain suppliers which you do not want to engage with? What are the risk tolerances? Are there, you know, certain countries where, you know, particular high corruption uh, based countries where you want to take more uh, scrutiny around the supplies you engage with from those areas? Uh, and also, as I mentioned for earlier, is what are the key risk areas which are critical to your supplies? Is it modern slavery? Is it resilience? Are you, you know, or is it operational efficiency which takes priority over all of those? Um, this framework is important to ensure that everyone in the organisation understands where the company stands and also how to approach supply chain risk management program in a consistent and coherent manner. 
Um, no supply chain or procurement function um, is, you know, fully centralised. There's always going to be a team of people across the organisations who are, you know, helping manage supply chain risk. And therefore, this coordinated approach under the uh, framework uh, is important to a successful risk management plan. Uh, a great resource uh, I do want to draw a sort of attention to our, our listeners is the Exiges Trades Framework, uh, which is available on our, on our website. Um, it, you know, the, the heart of the framework is to allow organisations to achieve supply chain resilience and optimise their supply chain risk management across a, a range of different maturities. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if organisations are still looking for assistance, uh, we have a team of really uh, experienced professionals uh, who have actually worked in supply chain risk management uh, teams in large organisations who can also bring that expertise and pragmatic advice to how to um, shape your supply chain risk management program and framework. The second facet I really want to talk to is also sort of relates uh, very neatly to Nick's other point around technology. The effective use of technology is fundamental to the success of uh, the supply risk management program. Um, you know, a typical large organisations have thousands of suppliers. Um, to really be able to understand, you know, is there any negative media? Are they sanctioned? You know, are there associate sanctions? Uh, is there any presence? Do they have any presence in high risk uh, jurisdictions? All of that is really difficult to do manually. Uh, technology is what's going to be able to enable you to really quickly understand where the risk is across your supplier base. Um, and then also then obviously helps you prioritise where to focus your areas. Um, and to Nick's point around sort of, you know, multi-tiers. So once you've got 1,000 suppliers, the, the, once you go deeper into it, the numbers of suppliers that you need to be looking at will just exponentially increase really quickly. So again, it really stresses the importance of having uh, and be able to, you know, really appreciate and, and, and use technology within and understand, to, to use technology to understand the supplier risk uh, profiles of your supplier base. Now, our research have highlighted that 33% of large organisations are spending over $2 million, and 100% of organisations expect the level of spend to increase in the next three years. Um, and I know one of the biggest challenges for all organisations that we speak to on a day-to-day -day basis with our clients is understanding uh, the second and deeper tiers of the supply chain. Um, and I think to, to that point, um, Exeger has developed a really great solution, which is the Supplier Chain Explorer. Um, which really helps organisations to very quickly understand where the, their key dependencies are, um, what is the risk profile of their suppliers deeper down the supply chain. And again, all of this will help organisations to prioritise where to focus their, their attention and also where they need to put more resources on to better understand where their risks are within their supply chain. So Nick, if I could uh, perhaps take the same question that I posed to Kim, but ask you to turn your head maybe down the road to the future. Um, one of the things that I've certainly learned, and I think uh, most in this space have learned over uh, the past years during COVID is the imp overall importance of supply chain risk management. And uh, how do you see this playing out uh, in 2025 or perhaps even uh, further down the road? Yeah, well, um, uh, we first recognize as Thomas we already talked about in this podcast there's a there's a lot of supply chain risks that it can still continue to impact on 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 teams at the moment currently um, but I think there's a kind of elephant in the room as well uh, and that is around climate risk um, particularly from a supply chain point of view in the consumer and manufacturing sectors 
although it applies to nearly all of them, and that is the fact that somewhere between 80 to 90% quite often of the carbon footprint of an organization is in its supply chain. And therefore, unless you understand your multi-tier exposure, how are the CEOs standing up to say they're going to you know, achieve a net zero? And we know that the financial community through initiatives like the climate uh, expo financial disclosure are looking at more disclosures around the impact of climate risk on companies. And indeed, the investment community, such as people like Larry Fink at BlackRock, have said that sustainability is kind of a, a competitive, you know, material issue that needs to be addressed and something he is looking at with his um, 7 trillion. That was probably a year ago. There might even be more of assets under management. So investors increasingly are looking at this, Tom, as something they care about. And as Kim brought up in a, one of her earlier points, the consumers also are expecting companies to be more sustainable and to assess their climate risk. And as I say, that comes back to the multi-tier, which is where our supply chain explorer product can come in by helping you in what is not an easy task, but to start to prioritize what, where you need to put your risk management efforts in looking at this climate risk. And unfortunately, Tom, we only have one planet to live on. So we have got to kind of change our approach and deal with net zero um, quickly. And that needs the right kind of technology and, and digital assets, I think, data to do that. So that would be the the key risk I see coming down the track. Perhaps just mentioning one other briefly um, is understanding your cyber risk. Because we've, we're aware, and you've, I think you may have featured in earlier podcasts, things like the solar winds issue, or target is now quite an old issue, but the the challenges there to the supply chain came through the digital route. You know, it was a supplier who was a weak link. And again, what we've done at Exeter is look at the the cyber exposure on a multi-tier basis of corporates. And let's face it, without the information flow, your supply chains do not flow at all. You know, it's all very well to look at the product flow, but if you don't have the information with it, I mean, very basic example, if you don't know, if your computer system in the warehouse doesn't operate correctly, I'm afraid either the people or the robots do not know where to pick those goods and get them out to the end consumer. So cyber is another area that uh, companies, I hope, are increasingly aware of, but they need to think of it in a supply chain context as well. So Nick and Kim, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on some of the topics you've talked about, what would be the best place uh, for them to go? And Kim, if I could perhaps start with you. Um, I think a great source would be uh, the Exeger website. We've got uh, all the sort of key links, as we mentioned, around the, um, the trade framework and our supply chain explorer. And of course, we've also got contact details on, on our website where you can just reach out to either myself or even Nick, uh, you know, directly uh, to really ask some specific questions. So we're going to link to uh, that resource in the show notes. And I wanted to thank you all for taking the time to visit with me today. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you'll join me tomorrow where we take a look at supply chain issues in IT and communication sector. You can join the fight to secure our global supply chain by obtaining 
early access trial licenses to Exeger Supply Chain Explorer by visiting exeger.com, and we've linked to the site on the show notes. You can also find out how Exeger is making the world a safer and more effective place to do business by following Exeger on LinkedIn or reaching out to any of the experts featured on today's podcast. This special five-part series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.